It's another podcast at duetcalories.com, and today we've got a new episode for the Moms with Moxie miniseries. All the way from my desk in New York, I get to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe. And some of my students have really caught my eye. Some of you have done all you can to learn how to cure those around you using homeopathic medicines. Your successes inspire me, and they're glorious and powerful. And I can't keep your successes a secret any longer. So with help from my roving reporter, Paola, we bring you this mini podcast series that I call Moms with Moxie. It's actually grandmoms too, but it's Moms with Moxie. See how regular mothers and others, average people who want to cure those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous with homeopathy. Excited to have another Moms with Moxie interview, and today we have Barb Brigglehoff, hailing from the state of Washington. Hi, Barb. Hi. Nice to see you, Paula. I know. I'm so glad to be chatting with you. I love doing these little interviews because I want others to see, and Joette wants others to see that normal moms, if you learn, you study this, you can become pretty awesome, and I, I am excited to hear your stories. So tell us about how you came to find natural medicine and homeopathy. The natural medicine sort of came about because I'm kind of blessed and cursed at the same time that regular medicine doesn't tend to work on me. I get side effects and no results. So at some point I started looking into natural medicine and I have a science background, you know, so I looked at herbs. I looked at sort of everything except homeopathy because homeopathy being energy medicine sounded kind of woo woo. And so, you know, being a science snob, I was like, oh, that's just garbage, whatever. So I didn't look at that. Mm -hmm. And it was when a friend of mine um, who dragged me to a talk by a homeopath back in Montreal, where I'm from, she took me to this talk and this homeopath just blew me away. She was, she had been a nurse for 35 years, this little French Canadian lady, awesome, awesome uh, speaker. And just what she was talking about just kind of blew me away. So I started thinking, okay, maybe I do need to look into this homeopathy stuff that, you know, was in my face all the time and I kept kind of putting it aside. So I did start working with it and, you know, I started uh, trying it out. It was first on my dog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's no placebo effect on animals. That's one of the things they always talk about with homeopathy. Oh, it's the yes. placebo effect. Yeah, try telling that to a dog. I don't think you can conven- convince a dog that what you're doing is, is going to help them. They, they just either get better or they don't. Mm-hmm. And I had some great results. And so then I started using it for myself. And this was before I had kids. And then by the time my kids came along, I was uh, really starting to get much more proficient with it. And so my kids were raised largely with homeopathic remedies. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's like my dream story that I, that I found homeopathy before I had my kids practiced on some animal, got comfortable with it. And then I'm older than you, Paul. It took me a long time to have my kids. That's all. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. I think, you know, I, I meet moms even today that are, have just like one tiny baby and I'm like, Oh, you're so lucky you met me. And I get to share this with you, you know, so that's great. I like that you had a science background and, mm-hmm. and it is funny how we kind of just dismiss homeopathy until we realize that maybe we don't know it all, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That science indo- indoctrination where we just sort of go with really, we're not even looking at evidence. We're just going with what we've been told. Right. And you just kind of spoon feed it along. And then at some point you go, Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I actually don't know anything about this. Maybe right. there's something to it. Right. And I think that's why people do the herbs and the essential oils first, because in our, in our heads, it makes more sense. Well, most allopathic medicines come from herbs or plants or something. So we know that. So using the herbal form is less of a sort of mind shift. 
Right. I mean, I think that the biggest thing that people need to grasp with homeopathy, just step one, is understanding we're not trying to kill the infection, which a lot of times, you know, garlic, herbs, in antibiotics is kind of thinking along those lines. And we're thinking about changing the terrain so that your body can't host the illness anymore. Exactly. We're not suppressing. We're actually healing. We're, we're helping the body to, you know, rally its troops and deal with it. Mm-hmm. So tell us what Tell us what happened with your dog then. Oh, okay, yes. So this was a number of years ago. And so my dog had, um, within the space of six months, he had two surgeries. And the first one, I didn't know about homeopathy yet. Okay. And so he came back from that surgery. He was in quite a bit of pain. I gave him pain relief. You know, you could see it in the eyes. I saw how he dealt with it. For the second surgery, I knew about homeopathy and I decided to give Arnica a try. So I had dissolved some Arnica in a dropper bottle and I had that ready with me when I went to pick him up. And when I went to pick him up, he was very excited to see me. He, he was having, it was debulking of a tumor that was on his jaw. And so he smacked his jaw when he saw me, he was so excited. It started bleeding. I could see the pain in his eyes. Blood was sort of gushing everywhere. Um, I gave him, I had, you know, the, fortunately I had it already. I gave him the drops right away. And literally within 30 seconds, his eyes cleared and the bleeding stopped. And I kind of went like, wow, I kept giving him the Arnica and I didn't have to give him any pain relief medicine. And, And, you know, when you know your animal, I mean, I could just tell by his eyes especially having, you know, experienced a previous surgery and, you know, and just the way it kept everything under control and how quickly he recovered, it was a real eye opener. So that's, yeah, that's when I kind of went, okay, this is, this is something. That's what's so cool about treating animals and young children or babies is they're so uninhibited and they will let you know, you know, if there's improvement and you can observe and see that shift so clearly. Yeah. I, I was teasing you. You kind of are like the Arnica mom. You've really found a lot of great uses for Arnica. <laughs> I have it. I even have another little story since we last talked. You know, we went for Thanksgiving. We went to our neighbor's house and there were a few other families there and everyone was sitting around the table and they went around and said, you know, let everyone say what you're thankful for and also what you're known for. Mm-hmm. So when it was my turn, I said, you know, I'm known for BBs, which are, they call them Barb's Bombs. It's these little chocolate, homemade chocolate truffles that I make that I always brought to any of our, our oh, uh, yummy events, right? Uh-huh. I was known for those. And everyone was like, no, you're like the Arnica. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anytime someone's injured, you're on the doorstep with the Arnica and the instructions and what to do. And <laughs> Oh, I love that. You have like an Arnica basket. <laughs> I kind of do. You know, I mean, there'd be other remedies too, depending on the injury. But yes, I'm kind of known as, and you know, sometimes the kids would come to me and it's like, Barb, I hurt myself. My mom said I could come for some Arnica. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. They trust you. They know. That's great. I love that. I know. I, it's so funny. I think sometimes, you know, when I've learned homeopathy even more, I kind of get all jumbled up in my head. And sometimes the answer is so simple, you know, Arnica or even aconite and Arnica. If all else fails, certainly for an injury or an emergency, because one of the things I love about Arnica is how good it is for shock. Mm-hmm. it's amazing for shock or just kind of getting your head straight if you're just you know I mean I took it one time when my daughter injured herself I was fine wow, but I took yeah. it just because I you know she kind of cut the end off her finger and she was really young oh my gosh yes and I'm not squeamish but when it's your kid you know it's it's a whole different thing and so I was kind of feeling faint and just like oh my god and I said to my husband, I, I actually took the arnica before I gave it to her <laughs> It was a little of that airplane thing where you put the gas mask on yes, first. That's, that's I was exactly worried that I was going to be sick. Right. I, I got to keep it together so I can help her. Yes. So yeah, it's it's a lifesaver for so many things. That's awesome. I love that. And so you have how many kids? And tell me what that was like raising them 
you know, having known homeopathy from the beginning. Right. So I have two, two children. My oldest is 17. My youngest just turned 14. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. You can tell. And, you know, I got more proficient as I went along. You know, I didn't have a lot of childhood illnesses. We didn't have a lot of stuff. But, you know, I did have the crying baby and the fevers and all of that. And my kids never had, have never had a suppressed fever in their life. They've always had their fevers treated homeopathically. And I've never had an elevated fever for more than 12 hours Wow! using homeopathics. So mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of a fever. I mean, I, we're so indoctrinated in this fear of fever. I mean, the fever yeah. is a wonderful thing. It's your body, you know, burning up whatever is in its system that shouldn't be there. So it's not something to be afraid of, but if you can help it along and help it do it more effectively and get through the discomfort more effectively, then great, so. Right, I think that's such a big thing that Joette has talked about so much, but it seems that I still can't get away from it no matter how much, you know, she she has blogs and, and podcasts about fevers. Young moms are still so stressed out by it. Part of that is, I mean, I think it's coming from three, three areas. I feel like part of that's because, you know, the doctors mm-hmm. are, you know, so you need to give them Tylenol, you need to give them Tylenol, and then yeah. you kind of fill in the blanks and things. burning up. It could get out right. of control. Right. Yeah. And then the second thing is, you know, I feel like our mothers and grandmothers aren't passing down that knowledge for whatever reason. Maybe we've allowed doctors to supersede and, and take over that role for us. And then it's just that lack of experience. So how did you... I guess, what made you feel comfortable to never, ever suppress a fever in your... Um, I think, you know, part of it was the gift of having children a bit later than I expected to. Mm -hmm. I think I watched all my friends go through it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I had one good friend who had a daughter who, this this wasn't a fever situation. I think she had strep throat or something. And this poor little kid ended up on the couch for two months on various antibiotics after antibiotics after antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And it's all of, you know, three or four years of age. And, you know, when you see a listless kid on the couch for a couple months at that age for something pretty normal, I mean, it's just an infection. I just, I was mortified. I just thought this is not the way to, to treat kids. And I, and, you know, and you just see that it's just more and more suppression, suppression, suppression. And I also had an incident myself where um, I worked at a bank and I got a, a paper cut on my finger that ended up with some funky herpes virus. So I ended up with this funky infection on my finger and that had to be lanced opened. And, and you know, anyway, I took antibiotics for that. Well, after that course of antibiotics, I ended up with a bladder infection when I was given antibiotics for that. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with a kidney infection. And at some point I just went, okay, this right. is, you know, it's, I'm going from one infection to another because I'm going from one, you know, set of antibiotics to another so around. That pattern. And so I saw that in myself, I saw it in people around me and I just went, no, like this just, this doesn't work. So maybe kind of the takeaway here is, you know, observe, observe those around you that are doing everything that Joette is kind of saying to be careful about. Right. And when you see people who are preaching all the other stuff, are they really healthy? How how well are they doing? Are their kids truly healthy? Are they, you know, are they popping pills all the time? Are they propped up? Yeah, exactly. And so that's what, that's sort of one of the things that I'm good at. I kind of see the big picture and things. So, you know, I don't have the blind, some people are very good at looking at specific things. I'm not so good at that. It's hard for me to really focus in on things. I kind of see everything. So I'm pretty good at picking up patterns around me. Mm -hmm. And I saw that pattern in, you know, so many people and just thought this is not, not the way to go. Which is very science-based observation, you know, kind of referring to your background. I think that's great. 
um, observation is incredibly powerful. It's how we've come to know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's the first step to any valid science. If you're not mm -hmm. observing stuff, I mean, that, that's how you, that's how you start, you know, studying this observation. Right. So back to kind of raising your children with homeopathy. Tell me more about that. Um, well, so, you know, when I was looking at, you know, how to best raise my kids, I'm so lucky to, you know, start it with dogs. It's less stressful, honestly, when you're, when you're looking at pets versus, you know, babies and, and everything. And I learned a lot. And, you know, this dog that I told you about with the two surgeries, he ended up having cancer. And so I started really looking into, you know, what's going on with cancer in dogs because those rates are going through the roof. And yeah, they are. I heard today it's one in every two dogs are going to die from cancer. That's a lot. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And so I had a friend, a very good friend who was talking to me about how she was stopping to vaccinate her dogs. And I was like, really, why were you doing that? And she said, well, you know, they're showing the link between all these increases and in all these medications and everything and all these diseases that are coming forth. And, you know, there's a concern that there might be a link between that and cancer or just what it does to the immune system, you know, and, and therefore more diseases and everything. I'm not trying to say that vaccines cause cancer, but just, you know, vaccines are part of the immune system. And so then it's just, you're just going to expect more things to come up. Whatever. Right. It compromises the immune system. Exactly. So I started looking at all of that and, and it just all came together in a picture for me of just, it's not that I won't do things allopathically, but why would you for things that it doesn't work well in? Joette calls this being a consumer of medicine. You know, like if you're going to go shopping and you're a consumer for like an outfit, you're super critical about how it fits, how it looks, how it feels, you know, the price, everything, you know, the risk and how much am I going to spend and go into debt or whatever for this if you're putting it on the credit card. And we don't do that with allopathic medicine. And that's exactly what you do. follow the indoctrination that we've been given. Mm -hmm. And we just, it's amazing because when you look around, people are not getting healthier and certainly children are not getting healthier. Right. So you kind of want to question what's going on. And it's not, I mean, intentions are good, but let's, I mean, let's open our eyes and look and, and decide what we think is best for us and our families. Tell us, how has Joette influenced your journey? Because that's oh, probably more recent. Yes. Yeah. Well, because of course, you know, when you're trying to treat your own family, it's really hard. It's really hard with your kids. It's hard, first of all, to really see the picture of what's going on because you're influenced by your perceptions. I mean, most doctors don't treat their own family members either. Right, right, that's true. And it's also hard too, sometimes um, when you're dealing with something that's a little more chronic, to really to have the patience to follow it through and know you're going in the right direction without a fresh set of eyes in there saying, hey, yeah, this is the right thing. So I consulted um, Joette for my daughter. She had um, some exercise-induced asthma that was building up. She was playing soccer. She was quite young. She was six or seven, probably about seven. She hadn't been formally diagnosed, but I could, I could certainly see, you know, she was, um, her color would just get, she'd get very pale and just have a hard time catching her breath. Um, and that was starting to get worse and worse. And we had, and then, you know, eventually I did take her to my naturopath and she was like, yeah, it looks like she's developing asthma. Mm -hmm. And so that's when typical I, at that age. Usually you don't get it until about seven or eight. Did she have eczema before? You know, a little bit, but not bad. Again, okay. and I didn't, I didn't use cortisone and do all those nasty things that would have, you know, right. made it bad. Okay. Um, she had a little bit, she had pretty bad cradle cap. Hmm. It was a, a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. That I remember quite well. And Joette says that that can sometimes be food intolerance and manifestation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we treated her for that. And within about six months, um, she was just pretty much, it was pretty much better. Um, we just had to give her the, it's Kelly carb is the remedy for mm -hmm. her, which is, you know, mm -hmm. good for wheezing and 
all that kind of stuff. What is it? Cali carb 200 every other day? Um, yes. Okay. Cause I know they're going to want to know the people, yeah. the yeah. folks listening. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. Let me tell And you know, she was on a few others cause she had a few other things going on, but that was, sure. that was the bomb for the wheezing. Okay. And every now and then when she's had a chest cold since then, I'll still give her a couple of doses because, you know, it just, first of all, I mean, it helps clear up the chest cold and just, you know, cause that, that seems to be her remedy for anything that goes to her chest. But my daughter does not have exercise induced asthma. She has no issues now. She's a really, she's a pretty heavy duty equestrian right now. So she trains hard and she has no breathing problems at all. And there is not an herb or a drug out there. I think that can do that. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, just to give her that freedom to live, you know, oh, that's great. And, and I couldn't have, fall, I could, that I could not have done on my own. Even, right. even having, you know, I do have some training, um, not just uh, independent training, but I have a bit of formal training in homeopathy. I would not have been able to follow that through with my own child on my own mm -hmm. because I was second guessing myself, you know, how just like, oh, I don't think it's working or now this is propped up. Maybe I need to shift it. And, you know, we wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah, we are so lucky to be able to have consults with Joette. That's yeah. that's a huge thing. So tell us about um, your training, your background education with homeopathy, and then kind of the shift into the Banerjee protocols, because that's kind of a question that's been coming up is okay. comparing the difference between the two. And, you know, so you have classical training. And yes. Go ahead. yes, yes. So I, I have a certificate from the British Institute of Homeopathy. I'm not a, I'm not um a certified homeopath, but I have a certificate in homeopathy, it's sort of the first step. Um, so I was doing that classical training. And, and that was my first exposure to homeopathy as well, was always the classical method. Um, so you're looking at one remedy for the problem, you sort of take one dose, you wait a month, and then, you know, I had consultations with home classical homeopaths, and that was always the process, is, you know, you figure out which is the best match, take that dose, you go back in a month, see where you're at, see, you know, if you need to do things differently. It can be, of course, extremely effective, but if you're not finding the right remedy, it's, first of all, it's very time consuming taking the case, especially for someone like me, I'm an onion with many layers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it can be really hard to take the case for me because I have so much stuff. And then other people are a little more um, cut and dry, but um, I found some frustration with that. I had some great successes, but I also found, again, using it for my family, using it myself was really frustrating because I'm not gonna sit down with my kid for an hour and a half and take the case the way a classical homeopath will. Right. So then once I started consulting with Joette, she was just starting to get into these protocols. Right. Boy, when she started using those, it was just like ding, 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 you know, the light went off and um, just having things that, you know, are more, you know, you have this situation, well then chances are this protocol will probably work and you don't have to do this complicated case taking. Yes, it's practical. Um, it's practical and moms want, straightforward and practical especially with treating your own family yes. you need to know if your kid has this this or this well you know what start with this one if this doesn't work it's going to be this and that's probably going to do it yes you I know you don't have this sort of open book of well it could be one of a hundred remedies let's see are they uh you know do they feel better at night do they you know you go through all of this oh my gosh it's so exhausting yeah exactly yeah so i like it because they're, they're i'm the arnica lady right and they kind of tend to be more like arnica they're a little right. more universal right because arnica is a protocol that a lot of classical homeopaths whether or not they appreciate it as a protocol you know it's kind of the go-to mm -hmm. and with joette she's teaching us you know the Banerjee protocols and, and she's expanding kind of that that same mindset exactly, exactly. 
And it also makes sense. I mean, you know, in the classical remedies, when homeopathy was first developed, I mean, that was what, 250 years ago now? It was a different world. And mm -hmm. things were a lot less complex than they are now. And, you know, and bodies responded in a different way than they do now. I think, you know, you need to modern, just like medicine has had to be modernized. Right. You know, even any healing modality needs to be modernized as we develop. Right. And as, as our illnesses become modern, you know, yeah, because they're, they're more complex. They and are, you know, they're different. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, if you get the flu now, it's not the flu of 250 years ago. Right. Or, or even, you know, out with syphilis, enter Crohn's fibromyalgia, yeah. colitis. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. We, you can't trick mother nature. She finds a way, you know, to, to make us sick. <laughs> you know, we've, we've got to, let our bodies evolve with, yeah. with healing, you know, yeah. very good. So, so let's hear some stories. You've told me about um, your experience with your dog yeah. and that was your big introduction to homeopathy with Arnica. And I love Arnica for that reason, because it's such a dramatic, it's a, it's a great convert, <laughs> you know, when yeah. someone's hurt themselves, like, Oh, here's some Arnica. I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it works so quickly. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. So tell us some more stories with Arnica, with homeopathy, whatever you, you think. Okay. Well, I can give you my experience. One of my best experiences with Arnica. I mean, it wasn't a great experience, but the Arnica really saved my butt was I had a very large fibroid that I did not know about. It, uh, it decided to prolapse, which is basically to birth itself. So it sort of showed up. Um, so I, you know, scootled over to, um, to a doctor and uh, we had arranged for surgery. Of course, it was a Friday when I got to the doctor. So and this the, is the uterine fibroid? Yes, uterine okay. fibroid. Yeah. So the surgery was scheduled for Monday morning. Well, Sunday night, it decides to detach. 10 o'clock at night. It's like, it was like having an artery cut. I was bleeding. I'm sitting in the bathroom, bleeding like an artery's been cut. And I'm thinking holy crap, <laughs> you know, what do I do? So um, fortunately, my kids and my husband were still up. So I called my kids. My husband was upstairs. I said, got the kids to get me my Arnica. And I have, um, I have a, a horse homeopathy kit that has a 1M Arnica in it. And that, I, usually, I keep 200C Arnica in my purse all the time, but I had the 1M and I told them to get me the 1M. So right. my Arnica right away, because I was worried that I might pass out or, you know, I didn't know how long this bleeding was going to go on. They got my husband. Um, I had to, you know, I had to keep my wits about me. I had to call my doctor, all of this. So anyway, you know, long story short, we, you know, booted over to the hospital. It was almost a 30 minute drive, but you know, I had my Arnica with me, kept taking it. By the time we got there, the bleeding had completely stopped. Wow. Um, I mean, it was amazing because that was, that's probably the most scared I've ever been personally for myself. Cause I've never bled like that. So, and it really, I mean, it stopped it very quickly. Within a few minutes, it was under control. And within a few more minutes, it was done. That's amazing. And yeah, it was amazing. I can relate. You know, I, I wrote on Joette's blog about my miscarriage where I hemorrhaged. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And yeah, I was and part of that. That It can literally save your life. Yeah. Because you know, I, just, yeah. I, I was in the hospital still hemorrhaging and they didn't even know. Like, I guess they weren't monitoring me. And I was, you know, I just had a miscarriage. So I was kind of loopy and not sure. And oh. Then, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't be bleeding this much. And I wasn't in the car on the way anymore. So I, I had a dose behind the doctor's backs. But yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You kind of sneak it. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> so that you don't have to explain. When you're not in that, when your mind is messed up and mm -hmm. the last thing you need to do is have to explain this to a doctor. So. Defend yourself, right. Yeah. Yeah, I had my husband dosing me at the at the hospital when the doctor would leave the room as well. Oh, you too. Okay, yes. 
And we do that not because we want to lie. It's because you want to protect the doctor and not get into it, you know. Exactly. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it the next morning when I'm, you know, out of the danger zone and not, you know, not feeling so exhausted by the whole process. But yes, at the time, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So at that point with your fibroid, did you still have to have the surgery to get it removed? Yeah, Yeah. but it was very simple surgery because when they prolapse, I mean, if they're smaller, they just have to twist, you can just twist them right off. Mm-hmm. It's just because it was so large that it had to be surgery in a hospital because of the potential for bleeding. Right. Which I had proven at this point that yes, it had a lot of potential for bleeding. So. Right. So, so it had it fully detached or it was just tearing? It was tearing. It had okay. To so you had to finish it off. Okay. Still had to finish it off. Yeah. But oh my goodness, I recovered in record time. Um, you know, even with uh, like having the general anesthetic and everything. I, so I had the surgery on the Monday morning, the Tuesday I rested, Wednesday I was on my feet at a horse show with my daughter for the next five days. Wow. So That's amazing. I love that story. Oh, I'm so glad you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fine. That's awesome. And, and so horses is kind of a big part of your lives. Um, have you had a chance to use it with? I, I do. Yes, I use it a lot with horses. Again, Arnica, of course, I've used, uh, Wrist talks has been great for um, the aches and pains and that kind of thing, because the horses are athletes. And uh, so I've had a lot of success with one of our horses using that. Um, And I have a, you know, I've sort of had to develop a method for administering the homeopathy to the horses, because I kind of tried everything. Having always used the glass dropper bottles, that's sort of what I went to first. And then I switched, I wanted to look for something a little more simple. So I switched to little spray bottles. And some of the, most of the horses are okay with that. They have to get used to something being sprayed near their mouth and some are fine. Some Some are a little flighty with that. Um, and then uh, one time fairly recently, I was um, dosing one of our horses and I just had a dropper bottle with me. So, you know, we're at a horse show and I'm giving him his little dose. And do you put it in his mouth with a dropper yeah. bottle? Yeah, I would just put it sort of just in his mouth, like put the, pull the lip out a little bit and just, okay. sort of, and sometimes they're tossing a head around. I would just, you know, basically just squirt it in there. Right, right. But the little devil, he bit the tip off the glass. Oh no. And I just about died because I didn't know if he swallowed it. I didn't know if oh, it was in his no. mouth. I didn't know if I'm searching in the hay, I mean, needle in a haystack, right? Time oh, a little tip. Oh. I just, I, you know, visions of surgeries and internal bleed. I just about died. Tur- turned out he was fine. He must have spat it out. We never found it. Right. He was fine. Or if he swallowed it, his body took care of whatever happened. Right. I don't know, but he was totally fine. But that was the end of me with glass around horses and homeopathic remedies. So I just, you know, I kind of had a little aha moment when um, I was drinking out of a water bottle and I thought, oh, you know, those little small water bottles that they have for kids that are about eight ounces instead of the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. Um, You just mix up the remedy in one of those, shake it up, let it dissolve. I can use a Sharpie to write on it what it is. And I just dose them with that. It's plastic. If they bite the bottle, it doesn't matter. And then that bottle is permanently assigned to that remedy. Yeah, and I and yeah, exactly. And and they are disposable. So if you're at your horse shows or you're traveling or whatever, I don't have to worry about taking care of little glass bottles and wrapping mm-hmm. them up and everything. You know, I don't like I don't use disposable water bottles as a rule. I try not to, you know. Right. So this it's it's fantastic, I have oh, to that's say. That's clever. Those in my car. And now I don't have to worry about running out of sterilized bottles. Mm-hmm. you know, for remedies and, and right. you know, to keep my kit. And, you know, if you've used them a few times, then you're like, oh gosh, got to sterilize the bottle, whatever. I just keep those, you know, little water bottles with me and, um, and a Sharpie and my remedy kit, and I can mix it up right there. And I've even, you know, with some horses when they're eating, I'll just toss it on their hay. And oh, that's clever. 
because I, you know, you're not supposed to have them around food, but I think um, with horses and, and some other animals, they have such a simple diet and horses are eating all the time. So it's almost impossible to dose them away from food anyway. Right. Um, and so I think with their very simple diet, I've, I've had great success. So it seems to work just fine. Interesting. Yeah. So with our cow, um, we're able, you know, they're very different than horses. We are able to spray on her nose. It doesn't bug her very much, but we just have the one. And then often what I do is when she's in the stanchion, I can, I have access to underneath her tail, you know, because right. I've, I've milked or whatever. And so I, I can just lift up the tail and spray under, under her tail. And that yes. works. And I'm thinking with the horse, that could be no, an interesting experience. Yeah. I want to do that. I mean, how, they vary a lot. Some horses are no problem at all, but others are going to hit the roof and you're never going to get near them again with the spray bottle. So yeah, that's probably true. And, and horses kick backwards, whereas cows don't, they kick yes. to the side. So if you're right behind her, it's yeah, you're generally safe. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, I wouldn't want to go there with horses. Yeah. I think my method is I'll stick to that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Very good. I like that. Oh boy, I, I don't I don't want a horse. They're huge. They're scary to me. Oh, they're fabulous, but you know it's yeah it's one of those things. It's you know. No, that's a very good tip. I know a lot of people that use homeopathy and have horses, especially around where we live in Texas, and so that's a very good tip. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a specific story of using homeopathy on one of your horses? Um, yes. So there was the um, our we have a retired pony that injured herself horribly. She caught her side on this bolt in our yard and ripped her side open down to the, down to the ribs. But she's very stoic. We had no idea anything was wrong. My daughter and I just go in to feed them in the evening and she's standing there. We tossed her hay, standing there chewing her hay. And then she turns and I see this huge, I mean, it was, it was probably at least 10 inches long. Oh my gosh. Fortunately, it wasn't bleeding too much. It was still fairly fresh. So you can imagine, both my daughter and I kind of went into shock. So anyway, got out the arnica, gave it to the pony right away, gave it to us, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, called the vet. And of course, the vet's like over an hour away, so we had to wait. So I'm just giving her arnica, 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 and um, the vet got there, and it was several hours later because she was worried about the um, lung being punctured. I mean, it was that nasty a wound. Wow. So fine, layers of stitching. Anyway, got her all stitched up. Well, that pony healed so quickly. This is an older pony. She's 23. Okay. Um, she healed so quickly and so perfectly from this wound. There was no infection. There was no, and we didn't have to do anything else. I mean, it was just amazing other than just sort of keep it clean and keep our eye on it. Yeah, it just healed up beautifully. Wow. So that was a real, you know, a real saver because it was, I mean, it was really extreme. It was a really horrible, horrible wound. And so did she end up getting stitched up or having to take antibiotics or anything? You know, this was a case where I actually did give her the antibiotics okay. because, the, because um, you know, the wound was fairly fresh, but it was probably at least an hour or two old and mm -hmm. you don't know what's in there. I mean, there was some dirt in there. It had to be. Well, fresh. and it's in the barn. It's in a barn and it was down to her ribs. Yeah. So this is where, you know, you weigh the pros and cons and, mm -hmm. you know, allopathic drugs save people's lives. At right. Time. I mean, they you know, they have their point. This to me was a time when I said, okay, you know what? I'm doing the antibiotics, mm -hmm. but I'm using all my homeopathic knowledge to support the healing. Right. It ended up being so much faster and so much cleaner. I mean, it was best case scenario. Right. And, and that's, that's good to know. You can use the homeopathy alongside. They don't counteract. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are times for that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is what I've seen time and time again is Anytime we have an injury in our family, whether it's a pet or a human or whatever, 
our heal our rate of healing it's we're always sort of the best case scenario right every right. single time we heal so quickly and so efficiently because That's of wonderful. what is yeah you had also told me a good story moving on from horses to humans <laughs> about about childbirth yes oh my goodness yes hypericum is my very good friend uh, yeah, I had, and I was still, you know, just, I, I wasn't as knowledgeable about homeopathy, you know, when I had my first child as, as I became, but um, I had a very knowledgeable midwife who was wonderful. And I damaged my coccyx quite a few times in my youth. And is that your tailbone? That, yeah, that's the tailbone. Okay. And that is what ended up causing me the biggest problems in my first labor. I had horrible pain in my tailbone. Um, yeah, it was worse than the, than the actual labor pains and I had fully natural labor. Um, but, uh, so the hypericum was what actually really saved me, um, in that case, cause that's what allowed me to just be able to get through that pain. And I would not have known what to do. I was very fortunate to have, you know, a, a midwife who knew her, knew her remedies. Oh, and how lucky. So it was hypericum was a 200 C and she just kept dosing me and, and I was able to get through it. And I was so pleased because I did not. I definitely didn't want to, you know, end up going to any of the drugs. As, as someone who's had a lot of back issues, my big concern with an epidural is, you know, then you end up, I mean, my theory is you end up giving birth in positions you wouldn't necessarily give birth in if you could feel it, right? you know, end up doing some damage. And so I was really worried about, I didn't want to mask any, any pain because of my back. I never thought of that. That's a very good point because you might get into a safer position. Yeah. Wow, and it can cause back problems. Interesting. I never thought of that. You see, I had epidurals with all three of my births. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you know, people always apologize to me like, oh, well, I did an epidural. I'm like, hey, listen, homeopathy didn't come until after I had all my three children. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and the other thing, too, is if you don't have someone who's skilled supporting you, you know, if you've got a doctor and you're trying to do it naturally and your doctor only knows allopathic medicine and you're having a hard time, you know, you need support. Yeah. One thing about childbirth, you need support. So when you have someone who's really knowledgeable with the alternatives supporting you, because you can't, I mean, even if I knew what I knew now, I don't think I could have done it for myself then. I mean, it was really, it was extreme. I was in, like, I just wanted to run away from this pain. It was so painful. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and it wasn't the labor pain. It was that different, you know, and, and, and so to have- the pressure on that bone. It was, yeah, it was excruciating to have someone who could just really support me through that made all the difference and the right remedy, so. That's yeah. great. So women should never be hard on themselves about <laughs> labor, you know, because you did it. Good job. <laughs> you do what you got to do. And so that's why you need to surround yourself with the right people. Right. That's a very good, I love that. It's a support group. And so you need the right support people. I like that. Very good takeaway. So um, what about your husband? How has he used homeopathy? How does he feel about it? Oh yeah, he's especially, of course, Arnica. He's an avid cyclist, and he had he was in a cycling accident one time. He was with a group of people, and they all kind of went down, and he ended up really kind of crushing his um, oh. his collarbone. It was just a nasty fracture. They actually ended up taking him away in an, ambul an ambulance because they were worried about his neck. Oh yeah, with his neck, but it was just such a nasty fracture. They just you know wanted to stabilize him. But um, I got the distress call as soon as the fall happened. And they can you come and pick me up and bring the arnica? Oh, I love <laughs> it. I went loaded with arnica. All the guys got their arnica. And, you know, oh, and he, he didn't want to take any pain meds. He just wanted his arnica. I actually had to force him to take one dose of pain meds because he, he was in so much pain. Do they have to set the collarbone? Um, um, they, 
Yeah, this, they didn't set it. They, um, I think, I'm trying to remember, it's a few years ago now. I'm not quite sure what they did with him, but, um, but he did have to go see a surgeon, an orthopedic surgeon. He didn't have to have surgery. Okay. But, um, and, and it's because of an old injury that he had where he had a really strong ligament that held his collarbone on so strong, and that's why it actually ended up being a worse fracture and had this old injury that had, you know, made his ligament so strong. Yeah, so anyway, but, you know, I filled him up with all kinds of remedies and, and his supplements and everything, and he made a supersonic recovery yet again. But, you know, the Arnica got him through the pressure dealing with, you know, all of that. You really are the Arnica mom. <laughs> I am, you know, it was, uh, Thanksgiving really brought it home when everyone was like, no, you're the Arnica. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not for the chocolate, the chocolate balls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you just use Arnica? No, no, no. I use <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Actually, well, and like another story with my son, when he was young, he didn't have um, a lot of fevers as a young kid, which actually kind of worried me because I was worried that his immune system wasn't kicking in. He would get these low grade sicknesses where he'd just be kind of, eh, um, and never got this big. Well, when he first got his first really good fever, he was five, and it was a belladonna fever, and I was so excited. I was, you know, he had the eyes, he had the, you know, flesh cheeks. I was like, it's a belladonna fever. I was so excited. So I treated him with his belladonna, and, you know, and he got through it beautifully. And no, I mean, I've used, I've got 150 remedies at least in my little drawers. I use all kinds of stuff, but I guess it's just, you know, the arnica, when it's an injury, it's the first thing you, I go to. Yeah. Easy. So you can figure out what else you need. And of course, as you're healing, different remedies will support the healing process if it's bone or, mm -hmm. you know, like, like it is. I was thinking for your husband's collar, you probably use Symphidin. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. that's a great one for um, healing bones that have been broken, but it's yeah. really important yeah. that they're set. You have to have the bones set first before you start that one. Because yes, yeah, because it's going to start knitting together. And so if the bones are in the wrong spot, yeah. you're going to start healing it all off yeah yeah then they'll have to re-break it and then yeah. set it again oh don't even that would be awful yeah. <laughs> no exactly yeah well thank you barb for chatting with me and telling me your arnica stories and your horse <laughs> stories and and all of your thoughts it's so helpful to hear from a seasoned mom who's been there and done that you know joette's not the only one and we can aspire to grow up to be like you <laughs> I don't know. I think you probably have a, a lot more knowledge. You certainly have a lot more knowledge than I had at your age, and you probably have a lot of knowledge, you well, know, compared to me anyway. I just, you know, we all have our own life paths, and we learn about the yes. stuff we learn about, but yeah. That's exactly right. Well, that's, thanks to Joette. Thank you, Joette. So yes, thank you for joining me today. Well. Yes, uh, Thank is. you so much, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat about homeopathy. No problem. And we hope to have another Moms with Moxie um, coming out soon. Um, so stay tuned to Duet's podcast. Thanks. Are you or someone you know a mom with Moxie? Well, we're on the hunt for you. And of course, we don't want to hear just from moms, but from anyone who uses and loves homeopathy. Reach out to my podcast team and let us know why you're a mom with Moxie. For more information, contact podcast at joettecalabrese.com. Mm -hmm.